Space. I am Kim Kral. I am reporting to you not live from my closet. Hi, guys. Hi. How are we? Um, I am doing fine. It's been a little bit of a stressful week. Uh, Henry had to go to the doctor. I know I talked last week about how he was not doing super well. Um, it's kind of weird cause he's like fine. Like his, like, uh, his, like his numbers, you know what I mean? Like his blood and shit is fine. Like his kidneys are fine. His bladder's fine. His blood's fine. Like everything's fine. But he just, he wasn't it, like the doctor was like, I think $900 later, the doctor was like, I, it's so wild to me. And everyone I've talked to with animals, it's like, there's just no regulation on it. It's like our healthcare system that is just like the doctor can just charge you any, like they came out with the estimate and he was like 934. Is that okay? And I was like, what the fuck am I going to say? Like my cat is sick and he's not, he's dehydrated. He's not pooping. Like, of course I'm going to pay it. And that sucks. But like, you know, I'm not going to go nah. And it's just, it's, I, I don't know. That's a whole other bag for another day. I'd pay it 19,000 times if it made sure he was fine. Right. That is $19,000, but I still would, I would go in the hole that much if I had to, but Everything was fine. And, but he now, so now he's like not throwing up, but so the doctor thinks that like I did something inadvertently in the environment without me knowing that I changed his environment somehow. Cause Lucy wasn't pooping either for a few days. And then she started pooping. I don't know. He was like, I would like to see her. And I'm like, dude, she's like feral. Like she, like no one has ever met Lucy. Like people think I made her up. That's how like elusive Lucy is. Um, so then he goes, well, what you need to do is put a blanket over her and then scoop her up and put her in a carrier. And like, yeah, that sounds what you would do. But I'm like, Lucy barely trusts me as is. Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, that's a, that's a problem for future Kim. But um, so, so far, I mean, Henry's not puking anymore, but he's not pooping. He pooped a little bit earlier today, like a little bit. And I have never ever thought that I would, I mean, like both of us are, I'm just begging our bodies to shit, right? Mine's doing all right right now. But like, I just like, I'm watching him and he's like not pooping and he lost weight cause he wasn't, you know, he wasn't pooping and he was throwing everything up. I don't know. It was a really rough week. It was a rough week in terms of his health, but like also it's so wild. What's been going on lately too, is like a lot of my friends' animals are sick or passing away and it, and uh, yesterday, two of my favorite animals were put put down. Uh, my neighbor's cat, who's also a Henry, uh, you know, was had he was he's older than my Henry, but he had uh, late stage kidney failure and heart disease. And and literally, this cat was like fine. She was like he was running around and playing like four days ago, and then all of a sudden he just wouldn't get out of bed, wouldn't get out from underneath the bed. And then the doctor was like, like I, I don't know. And then my cousin's dog who reminds me of my childhood dog, Candy, this big, lovely, a black lab named Molly, um, big black lab who every time I go to Denver, she climbs into my lap and she was like my aunt, Amy, who passed away, uh, who's like my mom. I've talked to you guys about her a ton, a ton of times. Wow. What a bummer. It's like four minutes in. I'm telling you about dead animals, but, um, my aunt Amy and this dog, Molly were like 
best pals, right? Like it was like one of the saddest things after my Aunt Amy died. It was like a year or two before Molly stopped looking for her. Cause like, oh, she's so heartbreaking, right? Animals are just such our, <sighs> Henry's my soulmate, dude. Um, and so like a lot of my friends, and then I've had friends that have animals that are getting sick. And so this week it's just like on top of Henry being sick, I'm like hearing about all these animals that have to be put down that are, you know, important to me. But then also that gets in your head. Um, and so now we're just waiting for him to poop. He's eating. I never thought ever in the course of being Henry's mom, best friend, I would be begging him to eat. Uh, now he's eating. It's very funny. He'll eat for a while and then he'll stop and he'll walk away. And then I just pick him up and put him right back at his food. And then he just eats some more <laughs> like, Oh, right. I can do that. Um, but this, you know what, this actually made me, uh, like shifted a perspective for me that Henry won't be with me forever. And, um, and I know, I think that time is a long, long time from now, a long, long time from now, but it made me real, you know, just really enjoy every, and I already do enjoy every single day with him, but just like the gratitude that my, my best friend is here and he's okay. Um, it was kind of scary. I, you know, I was like, fuck, do I not go to Thailand? Um, because, you know, earlier in the, this week, it was like the doctor was like, get here now if he's not pooping. Um, but now, I don't know, I'm giving him liquid laxatives and, uh, and, and eating. What is it? Eating, not suppressant. What's the uh, stimulant? I just never thought in a million years that my fat ass cat would need eating stimulant, uh, food, you know, appetite stimulant, whatever. But I don't know. So it's been a, it's been a weird week. Um, and then I also have been working a lot, which is really awesome. Um, really awesome. So I just, uh, it's so wild without, you know, I don't work at a bar. Like I don't work at like a, like a brick and mortar. I think that's the right word. Like where it's like, I have a schedule that I have to go to and it's always like, you know, some random person that is in charge of your life when you work at a bar or any kind of like place like that. Like, just like, you know, I, I just think about all the opportunities I missed out on because I was scared not to like not work a shift, you know, like years ago, I was on this, this reality show called Take Me Out on uh, Fox. If you, I think I wrote, I think I, I did a whole episode about it. I think it was called Take Me Out. Um, and, uh, and I didn't think the day rate was enough for me to not be not bartend. I was like, no, that's not, I don't want to do a reality show. And then I came in, you know, they kept asking me, kept asking me and I was like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll go in, I'll do like the last week or whatever. And then I came in and all the girls had been there for like two, two and a half weeks, something like that, at least maybe two weeks. I don't know. They were there a long time. And I, I still regret not doing it because I ended up making a bunch of money that I was like, oh, I would have made more doing this than I would have bartending. But like, I was just so scared to like take time off because so-and-so would get my regular Saturday shift. And then if I was gone for two Saturdays, they would just always give her this, like just so much shit that like just doesn't matter anymore. You know what I mean? And I'm trying to like look at that perspective in everything I'm doing now, right? Like I have a mountain of to-dos and I'm so stressed out. And when I get stressed out, my trauma response is to become procrastinating and lethargic, right? 
I, it took me a long time in like therapy and 12 steps to realize that my procrastination and my lethargy is actually a trauma response, not the laziness my father used to call me. Uh, like that, it was, you know, it was a trauma response. And now I am working on it. But when I get like overwhelmed, I just want to shut down. And so I'm just trying to like today I, I had a bunch of stuff and I was I was putting away laundry. And I was putting away laundry and my brain, Brian, started to like race. Like, oh God, then you got to do this and you got to do that. Oh my God, should you do this? And then I got really tired and overwhelmed and I was like, hey, stop. Just out loud, I yelled, stop. Right now, we're just putting away laundry. That is all you have to focus on right now. I don't know if this is relatable or not, but I know a lot of people that have experienced the, you know, some sort of trauma in their childhood that I've talked to is like, yeah, that's exactly. So now I just like out loud, stop talking to my brain. Right. Cause like, as soon as I did that, then I just finished laundry and I was like, all right, what's next? Uh, clean the litter box and the litter box area. Um, yeah, the doctor, my, uh, my doctor, Henry's doctor. It's so weird. Every time I call in, they probably think I'm such a fucking lunatic. I never know what to say. I'm always like, hi, uh, my name is Kim crawl i'm henry's mom henry comes there sometimes he's a patient i'm not a patient and they usually cut me off they're like hi kim how can we help you <laughs> i'm like sorry i have no idea what i'm supposed to say it's always awkward but um my doctor or henry's doctor was like make sure you clean out the litter box like every time they go to the bathroom right now which has been weird uh because he, he was just like their cats are super finicky and there's a possibility he got constipated because i missed a day of litter box and he just wouldn't go and now he's missed his chance i i don't know i'm i'm assuming that's what it was i was working for a couple of days and i missed a litter box day i'm just like looking at him like poop just poop always getting up and every time he gets up I like run after him I just need to leave this fucking cat alone all right so today I went to the dollar store I love the dollar store my buddy Whitney Melton introduced me to the dollar store like three years ago maybe two pre-pandemic I want to say and I was like super stuck up about it I was like ew I don't want to go to the dollar store because like I always thought of it as you know like a sketchy place it's a magical place. And that's where I get all my hot sauce, right? That's where I get, because they have all this good hot sauce that's cheaper than the grocery store. And it's always there. And it actually, I picked up a new kind that I just tried before I came in here. And it's called League, Legal and Fuego or something like that. I don't know. It was very hot. I'm very excited about it. Um, but I also got Frank's, uh, Frank's, Louisiana Frank's limit, not lemonade, hot sauce, hot sauce. I think it's just called Frank's. I don't know. You guys know what I'm talking about. And I opened it and there was no seal on it. And it was like dirty. Like it was like someone used it and I threw it away. We all would do that, right? I, I was like, is that wasteful? And I'm like, the hot sauce was clearly used. You just bought it from the store. Throw it out. Don't use the thing. I don't know. But I was at the, the, the dollar store, at the dollar store, and I was waiting in line, and there was a man in front of me. Well, I got up there, and the man was, I don't know, I just, I'm really, really trying not to hate all men. It's just been really difficult lately. It's been really difficult, and I'll get into the reasons why. It's just, <sighs> a few nights ago, I was bartending downtown, and me and two ladies 
walked each other to our cars, right? Well, first we went to a taco truck and then we walked ourselves to our cars. And when we walked to the cars, uh, we passed a dude and he was like, Ooh, you ladies are looking hot tonight. And this girl that I'm hoping becomes my new friend. She's awesome. Uh, she goes always. And he goes, what? Always get over yourself. You stupid fucking bitch. Literally like just switched. And we've all turned around and he's like, yeah, fuck you. And he's like a regular looking dude. Who's just like at a bar, like on a patio bar. He wasn't drunk. He wasn't anything. And I just threw up my middle finger and we were like, fuck you. And then, and then not 10 feet later, a guy, guy at a stoplight is like, what's up? bitches or no he doesn't call us bitches he's like what's up ladies and he, he and we ignore him right we all look at each other and we're like my god can we just exist without being bothered and because we didn't say anything he's like whatever you bitches are ugly anyway and it's like my god so it's just really hard and that's been happening and the hard thing is is if you're listening to this and you're appalled this isn't for you if you're listening to this and it doesn't phase you have you screamed at a woman like that before you know what i mean like the problem is is the guys this is for aren't ever going to listen it's just oh, i burn it to the ground so it's hard to not despise all men i am trying to date so i'm trying i was i was i went to trader joe's too afterwards and i was like i'll get to the the dollar store story but i was trying to i i was like all right i'm trying to i am i'm putting it out there that i'm ready to start dating and start dating the right kind of person right not the unavailable unreliable uh, you know, my, my, uh, gamut of men I like to date people I like to date. Um, and so I'm like, I'm going to put it out there that I am ready to start dating and I'm going to be open and like six, maybe six minutes later, I'm walking through the parking lot and this guy was like, excuse me. And I was like, not interested. And I'm like, all right, maybe I'm not ready. Uh, he also though, in my defense, he went to grab my arm and I was like, nope, don't touch me. Not interested. And I didn't even look up. So maybe that, that, but I'm trying to put it out there that I am ready. I, I'm not going to go on the dating apps. I just, I don't have the time. I don't have the time to sit there and I, but I, I am putting the energy out in the universe that I am ready to start dating again. Um, yes. So I'm at, I'm at the dollar store and I walk up and this guy is in line and he is looking at me and just like burning a hole in my me and I can feel it. And I'm like, I'm not even gonna make eye contact. This guy like, stop staring. What are you fucking at? Like what's wild to me is some men act like you've like throw a rock. You'll hit 12 women. Why do you act like you haven't seen one of us before? We're everywhere. Why are you staring? Oh, I'm so irritated. The bitches thing really riled me up. I hadn't thought about that until right now, but so so I feel I'm staring, but I just ignore him and I keep putting my stuff up on the little conveyor belt or whatever. And then they're not, they're waiting on something. I don't know what they're waiting on, but I got like, you know, waiting on something. Right. And he's like, I mean, he's like, can't you just like override it? And she's like, well, I need to have a manager or assistant manager. And he's like, well, where is he? And he's like getting like increasingly upset. Right. 
And you can tell he's like looking at me, hoping I will like somehow be like in cahoots with him. Like, yeah, fuck this bitch. You know, like he's like looking at me like, like, I mean, we have stuff to do. Like now the line is piling up. It wasn't. There was one more person behind me and it had also been like two minutes. And so the guy, the manager came over and he's like, it's about time, man. I've been waiting here for a really long time. And the guy was like, and the guy is like, the manager guy is like running. Like he's like sweating. So he's been doing something else. You know what I mean? Like he's busy. He's not just in the back taking like, <sighs> so then the manager runs off and then whatever the problem was, I didn't ask. I didn't care. Uh, the problem was, uh, happened again. And he was like, why the fuck did the manager not stay here to make sure it was fixed? And this young woman was like, I, I don't know, sir. I'm really sorry. He's going to come back soon. And I turn and I look at this grown man and he, and it took, I really wish I would have just, this is one of the moments where I should use my powers for bad slash good. Right. I wish I would have just said something because he looked at her and he was like, I have stuff to do. I've been here for 10 minutes and I need, I have important things going on. This was a, at least 45 year old man in a teenage mutant ninja turtle sweat uh, t-shirt, uh, Avenger shorts, but like, like shorts, like comic book shorts that kind of look like swim trunks. Maybe I don't know in Batman sandals. I was like, dude, you're at the 99 cent store on a Thursday afternoon wearing Batman sandals. You don't have anywhere important to be. Fuck off. Like, leave the woman alone. You're fine. And then I, you know, he finally left, but he kept like, he's like, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And then the guy came over and he's like, about time. He's like, can you just stay here? Because I don't know what the problem is, but if you're going to wander off, like, I was so angry. And it was like, just like, dude, you're fine. Like the world's ending and I don't know, I think scientists say like probably 10 years, like the world's probably going to wrap itself. Like the earth is kicking us off. You're fine. Once again, it's Thursday afternoon and you're at the 99 cent store in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles t-shirt. I promise you, you have nowhere important to be. And by that, I mean like you're not life and death. Like when, when people are like, I have important shit to do. That is what I think. You know what I mean? Like, are you, are you going to save a life right now or give birth to a baby? Like those are like, like when someone's driving around like a crazy person on the freeway or the roads, it's like the only reason you should be driving like a fucking lunatic is if someone's giving birth in your car or someone's been shot. Other than that, wherever you need to be, you can be three minutes late or you should have left earlier. People's lives are not that important or people's lives aren't worth whatever you're rushing off to. Right? So this guy, I don't know. I was just like, what a fucking, I wish I would have said that. I really wish I would have looked at him and said that it would have felt good. It would have felt really good. But yeah, I, uh, with all the, I, I'm just really, I think Henry might've pooped. I really need to calm down. I need to fucking calm down. Um, all right. I did this extra job the other day. I have so much to tell you guys. I don't think I'm going to get it all in this episode, which is really good. Cause last week I didn't really have a lot going on and I was like really pull, like stretching for shit. Uh, this week I got a ton going on and I may not be able to finish all of it. Um, I do want to say I am compiling uh, one of the episodes I'm going to um, dedicate to bartending, bartender pet peeves and stories about like 
biggest pet peeves. So if you are a bartender and you were like, ooh, this is a big pet peeve I have, uh, email them to me, please. Uh, KimCrawlspace at gmail.com. Please email them to me. I'm, I'm compiling. I'm going to do a whole episode of it because I have a lot of bartender friends. And one, I think it might really help those. I don't know. I feel like all the people that listen to my podcast, all you guys probably are not this like the angry bartender stories are probably not uh, directed at you because um, I think you're all probably lovely considerate people um, I mean if you made it through the election June 2020 the masks and all of my angry rants and you're still here you're probably a good human and uh, uh, supportive considerate human uh, but if you have any fun stories please send those to me um, I would love I would love to read them and then I would love to also, I'm going to put them on an episode in a couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, I had a lot going on this week. I worked this extra job, uh, this uh, background for a commercial on Sunday, a couple of days ago. Um, so I was background in some commercial for a hotel or something like that. I have no idea. I, I, I think the audition process, they wrote back and they emailed me back and they're like, we absolutely loved your audition. And I was like, oh, I don't even remember what I did because you do so many of them, right? And I asked this girl that I met on set, um, I was like, what, 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 what did you have to do for the audition? And she goes, I think you just had to say your name and something interesting about yourself. And this audition... This is what goes to show you when you're just like, whatever, I don't give a fuck. And you just say whatever you're going to say. You book stuff. Um, because I had filmed a bunch of auditions that day. And by the time I got to the one that was like, tell me something interesting about yourself. I was just like, oh, I don't even have it in me. Uh, so I was like, hi, my name is Kim Crawl. I keep a Buffy the Vampire Slayer action figure in my purse. And then I smiled and then that was it. And I sent it to him anyway. So I got this extra job and we were filming and it was for, we were, we were like background at an office, right? And we were filming in an actual office. So a lot of times like the, like if like in commercials and movies and TV, though are like, you know, commercials, I think mostly are like uh, movies, not TV, TV. Usually they'll build the whole set out cause they're going to reuse it a bunch, but they'll rent out actual like, someone's actual house or someone's actual office. So I, at one point I was sitting at someone's actual desk, like a random woman. I'm assuming she was a woman cause her handwriting looked like a woman's. I know that might be really sexist. I don't know. But in my experience, women have more bubbly handwriting than men. Um, not to say I haven't seen some good handwriting on men. My father had weirdly good penmanship. Um, and he was ambidextrous. Uh, it's a fun fact about my creepy dad. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So and then there were like butterflies. And I think there were some pictures of a bunch of women. So whatever. I think it was a woman. But and I was the only one that thought this was weird. And all like the PA and then one of the other people and then all the extras all were like, I was the asshole for thinking this was weird. So on this woman's bulletin board, like where she put like her personal belongings, right? She had like a picture of like, I'm assuming her and her daughter or niece or something, right? It was like a, a, a middle-aged woman and a child. And then there was like, you know, some like poems and shit, right? It was just like a little collage on her bulletin board. And then there was an obituary that was laminated and had a picture of a woman, like a grandma. And it was like, had her name and then had the obituary. And I was like, oh, that's kind of creepy. And they were like, why is that creepy? Maybe that was her grandma. And I was like, I don't know. Why would you put your grandma's obituary in your office? 
your desk and they're like well maybe she was really important to her and I was like I don't know my grandma's really was really important to me and I don't have her obituary and then they were like well they were like maybe she's still sad and I was like the woman died in 2018 I mean yeah my grandma died in like 2010 I actually have no idea when that broad died but it was like 10 years ago maybe maybe longer ago but I, I, I like that's a lot. Like, yeah, I'm still like, you know, I miss my grandma all the time. I love that lady. That lady is, uh, uh, Dorothy was an awesome broad. But to like put the obituary, I don't know. So I take it to you guys. Do you think that's that weird? I don't know. A lot of, like, everyone looked at me like I was the dick. But then I remembered my friend Anna Land, who I've talked about a lot in the last couple of weeks, um, the one who committed suicide in 2018. At her funeral, they made laminated... Uh, like a, like a, you know, she was born, I can't remember, was born, Anna born in eight, 1980. So it was like 1980 to 2018 on the back and it had her full name and then it had a little poem. And then on the front had a really beautiful picture of Anna and then they laminated it and, and it was like little cards and they gave it out to everybody at the funeral. That's on my refrigerator. So once I remembered that, I was like, oh, but I'm like, it's like a, just a picture of Anna. It doesn't have her like death date on it. But then I also have... I don't know. Who am I to fucking judge? You know what I mean? Who am I to judge? But I saw it and I thought it was really weird. And then I had the realization and I did it in real time. And there was this guy that I didn't, I didn't talk to at all except for this moment. And I was like, Oh, I guess I do have my, my dead friend's obituary hanging on my refrigerator. And she died in 2018. And the guy was like, see, there you are. There you go. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm admitting I'm wrong. And he goes, hmm. And he made like a comment. Like it didn't seem like I was a person who could have been, I was wrong. And I was like, I admit I'm wrong all the, every time I'm wrong, I admit I'm wrong. But I also think that by admitting I'm wrong, technically that makes me not wrong anymore because I've admitted that I'm wrong. Right? That's what I think. That is what I think. I did dinner detective. You know how I do dinner detective sometimes? Murder mystery dinner. All right. So, and for some reason, I'm always, I mean, I guess the only three people you can be, unless you're a detective, which I was told by one of the actresses in a friend of mine that does dinner detective. She was like, who's a detective? She's like, you should really ask to become a detective. How many times can I say detective, detective, take a drink. Um, you should ask to become a detective, detective, uh, it's a lot of work and there's a lot of, and like, there's like three scripts and I've sat through three, all three of them, like five times. And I'm still unclear why the person killed who they killed. I have like the stories. I don't know how people in the room figure it out, but whatever. But so the only three characters, you can be the killer. You can be the, and then you can be the one who sings and that's various characters, but there's always a person that sings and then there's a person that like flips out, right? And does some embarrassing stuff. But the embarrassing flip out person, I don't really love being, I like being the killer the best. The killer is my favorite one to be because because then you could just like yell at the end and usually everyone's screaming so much, like so excited that you are the killer because everyone like you've been hanging out with them all night. And so they don't they don't suspect you or some people suspect you. So it's really fun. And then whatever you yell, it doesn't matter because everyone's screaming. Right. The singing one. So you sing uh, living on a prayer. Right. Like so they, they somehow get you to sing. 
And then because later when you get killed, you come in the room and you scream bloody murder and then they all stare at you and you've sang living on a prayer earlier and then you scream, you run out to the middle of the room and you go stabbed in the gut and who's to blame? I don't know. I'm in so much pain. Yes. And I sing that terror. I'm not a good singer. I, there, there are like two things I don't like to do in front of lots of people and singing is one of them. It horrifies me. Dancing is the other. I don't like dancing and I bartend and everyone that bartends likes to just dance around and then they look at you and they're like dance and you're like, I know. Don't want to. I'm gangly and weird. Um, so they're like dance and you're like, no. Uh, so <sighs> I'm always the singing one. And, and that, so this, I did a private that we did a private event the other night where it was like, oh, it's a private event. So it's like, they're going to rent you. They basically like rent out the place and it's going to be, and they're like, it's high school kids, but it's like high school theater kids. That is the impression we're under is that it's high school theater kids. And they're very excited to see this. And I know if either you were a theater kid or you knew the theater kids, but like this would be something that would be their shit, right? They get really into it, be really respectful of the actors and really want to like, it was not that. First of all, they were like two hours late, but um, which I, I, you know, LA traffic, they were coming from West side on in bus. Oh, they were coming from buses. They, they, they all got bussed in and they were eighth grade to 12th grade. So 12 year olds to 18 year olds. And they could not care less. They could not care less. In fact, they talked the whole time and the chaperones. So we were sitting next to one of the chaperones. Uh, we're sitting at, like, that was our, that was our cover, right? Where I was like, well, how do you want people to know who these two are? Cause me and my, my friend Katie were the friends that came. She's, uh, she's a producer and I was, you know, an investor. That's her like story. Right. And they're like, how, like the, like who are the, these two going to be? And one of the teachers like, well, I used to live here so they can be my friends and they can just sit with me and I'll just be like, Oh, I invited them up or whatever. We thought we'd sit at a table full of high school kids that would be like, who are you? We sit down. They, they bring the two bus drivers in. The two bus drivers sit down. They don't know a lick of English, right? A lick of English. <laughs> so awkward. So we're at the table and then we're, and then the, and then we're with a high school kid that looks like, I don't know, she could be 13. She could be 25. I, she was one of those ambiguous high. And I, I think like most high school kids and junior high kids all look the same age. I have no idea. I'm not good at like age range, but like she's like by herself, but like sitting with the teacher that's supposedly our friend. So she's probably like a teacher pet or she could have been a teacher. I, I, I truly have no idea. And then the three students are like three kids, that probably sit in the back at the assemblies and like, you know, tag shit or like, you know, they're like, they're just, they're like, I don't know what that is. In my day, that was the kids that like skateboarded and didn't stand for the national anthem and dyed their hair pink and blue. But that was in the nineties. And now a lot of people don't do that stuff for many other reasons other than what the skater kids back then who wrote anarchy all over their backpacks. Right. Um, now we do it for political reasons. Don't move, Don't go into the whole football thing. You guys know how I feel. I agree with Kaepernick. Okay. But they were probably the kids that like wrote anarchy on their backpacks. Right. They could give, two shits about who we were. They didn't care if we wandered in off the street, if we were best friends with their teacher, they didn't give a fuck. So they're sitting there 
I'm trying to like talk to them like before, like in the times that we're supposed to talk, like when we're allowed to like talk to like, cause it's a show. So like usually when you do dinner detective, like people are quiet and they're listening to the de- detectives and they're laughing and they're having fun, but they want to solve the mystery. So they're watching the show. But, and, but like, you know, in between the detectives, you're supposed to talk to your table and try and solve the murder. So I'm trying to talk to these three kids and first time I talked to them, they all turn beet red and like scoot over the other direction. And then one of them whispers, he's into older women. I was like, did you just call me old? And they're like, what? No, no one. They would not look me in the eye. And I was like, all right, well, this is a lost cause. No one listened to anybody that was talking. No one. It was a loud ass assembly. And then you were probably like, well, what about the chaperones? Well, the dude that was our quote friend, the chaperone in the middle of the show, the detectives are talking. There's no mics. They're just talking. That's what they're, that's what they do. The teacher looks at Katie and me and goes, so where are you guys from originally? And we're both like, what? We're, there's a show going on. What are you, what are you doing? So everyone's talking. No one listened to anything except for when it was my turn to sing. You could hear a pin drop in that fucking room. Katie laughed so hard she cried. She goes, watching you try and get high school kids to sing living on a prayer with you to dead silent blank stares. They were all just, she's like, was the funniest thing I have seen in a very long time. I was trying to like, you know, and then I forgot the words. I was like, and you're too blank. Like it was my high school fear of singing in front of high school kids was realized the other day. I mean, I knew I never wanted to sing in front of high school kids or anybody ever, but I had to sing that. And it was, it was, it was the only time that they stopped talking was to listen to me sing, but not in like a, I was telling this to this one woman. She goes, Oh, that's really sweet. And I was like, no, they weren't listening. Cause I'm like good. And I like stopped the show. They were listening. Cause they were like, what the fuck is she doing? Cause they were judging me cause high school kids are mean. It was really fun though. It was a fun memory and we all got through it together and then we all ate a cheesecake while we, while we, you know, we cried. I was going to say not while we cried, but, um, uh, oh man, did I already say that? I did. I did. Oh, I like, I like, right. I like, I have all my stuff written down. I was talking to my cousin the other night. I'm going through some new, I'm going through some new changes in terms of my recovery and peeling the onion. I've talked about it quite a bit in the last, I don't know, like a couple of months. I'm outgrowing a lot of people. Um, a lot of friends are just sort of falling by the wayside and not, not like big, massive breakups. I mean, there have been a couple of weird breakups, but that's just, it's, it's, uh, just part of it, I think, but it, it's weird. I'm outgrowing a lot of people and it's, it's hard and it's weird. And I'm un, you know, I'm peeling the onion more and looking more at my childhood. And part of working through trauma is grieving, right? A big part of it is grieving and, and, and anger and working through the anger and feeling that because, you know, anger is a secondary emotion and really, it, you know, it's, it's grief and, and one of the things that I've been really grieving a lot lately, and I, I was talking to my cousin about this the other night, and it's just, it's just so lovely. Like the best thing that came out of COVID for me is that relationship. 
I mean, I don't remember how much we talked before, but I'm going to say we talked like every three or four months, like, and maybe briefly or like, you know, just like caught up or whatever. Like we never, we, we, and it wasn't, I think we just didn't know how much we really had in common. You know, I don't think we knew how much we could really talk. I think, and I do think that a lot of it, um, has to do with my role as in my family as being like the clown and the dumb one, you know, and my cousin's really, really smart. And I've talked about this and how I think, um, I don't think she thought I had as much depth as I do, you know, and I, and, and that's not saying anything about her. That was the role I played and we never got to get to know each other in this level. And because of me getting COVID and her being there for me as much as she was, we were able really to like, get to know each other. And I know she, she said this to me like six months ago and it meant me, I don't know, two days ago, nine months ago. I have no idea when she said it to me recently in the last couple of years, but she was like, you know, if you weren't my family, you would be my friend. Like you, like you're my friend too. And that, and that's just such a lovely. And so I, I, I was, we, we've been, we, we had a big talk the other night about all the new stuff that I'm, you know, grieving and looking at, and I am having this new anger towards my father. Um, and I was like, and I, I, I only share this because I know a lot of listeners have, a lot of you guys have trauma too, and, um, you're working through it or wanting to work through it or have worked through it or currently working through it, you know? So I share a lot of this stuff because, well, it helps me and I hope it helps you, but a new thing that I have been really upset about lately um, at my dad is that he really took a lot of my life. He, he took a lot of my life. He took the, the possibility of me maybe being able to have a family one day. And I know that like, it's a long life. And I know, you know, biologically speaking, I probably could still have a kid for another five years. Um, but I still struggle with picking a partner that, that I'd want to have a child with, you know, and because of what he did to me. And I, I've been feeling a lot of anger and resentment, a lot of anger and resentment towards him over this because he, and I, I hadn't shared it with anybody because, you know, fellows in ACA or even in meetings, I hadn't shared it with anybody because a lot of times when you share thoughts like that, people like to, and their, and their intentions are good. They're not doing it to dismiss you, but it is, you know, dismissive to, and it's not intentionally dismissive. You know what I mean? But where they're like, no, you have plenty of time. No, you'll definitely meet the person. And it's like, that's not what I'm saying. I understand that like, but I, I understand all that. Right. And so that was like my fear of telling anybody. Cause I just didn't want to hear the, like, here are the list of things that I'm going to tell you that I think you need to hear to make you feel better. I don't need that. Um, and I think a lot of times when people tell you what they're going through, I mean, I say this all the time. One of the biggest rules I live by in my life is I don't answer questions. I'm not asked. So unless someone says, do you think it's too late for me to have a family? You know what I mean? Sometimes like I, I met that woman. Um, I met that woman at elbow room. I don't know, like right after, like, I think like the day after uncle Steve, my uncle Steve died 
And, uh, you know, we were talking and I was just like, oh yeah, my, my, my uncle passed away and she like, and I think I've talked about this a bunch, but you know, bear with me. Um, she launched into, you know, how to make me feel better about this massive death. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to stop you. Like, I don't want you to do that. I'm not asking you to fix me or make me feel better. There's not going to be any of that. You know, like I think sometimes when people like, and she's like, well, what should I do in this instance? And it was weird because we were like instant friends. But I was like, uh, and I never saw her again. I've seen her like once or twice, but never like whatever. But um, and I was like, well, my experience when someone is, you know, sometimes people just want to hear. I'm really sorry that that's happening. If I can do anything, let me know. I'm really sorry that's happening to you or that happened to you or, you know, you lost somebody. When I got COVID, um, and you know, it's funny that woman actually messaged me like three or four days later. And she goes, you literally changed my life. Like I have been living life where I have been going around trying to fix people and make them feel better when they didn't ask me to. And I was like, yeah, man, some, uh, most of the time people don't need to hear what your opinion is. If they do, they'll tell you they want to hear your opinion. You know what I mean? Most of the time people just want to be fucking heard. Um, when I got, when I got COVID the first time, the bad time, uh, my friend Romy said something to me that was really, it was really, I, I don't know. It just was the nice, it made me feel good. And I don't like, she just, she brought me over soup and a little bag of like, you know, coloring book and, and, and some masks and just, you know, like a little gift bag of, uh, what is it called? Gift bag? Care package. There it is. Um, care package and uh, some soup and I, you know, and she hands it to me and we have her masks on and she just said, I'm really sorry this happened to you. And it was just like the simplest thing, but it was, it, it just made me feel so seen and made me not feel like, you know, I mean, I know COVID guilt is a thing and if you haven't had it yet, you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you have both times, you just feel really, both times I've had it, you feel guilty because you're like, man, I could have been safer. Like, what did I do? Or did I not wear my mask here? Who did I infect? What if I killed, you know, I mean the COVID guilt, but then having someone look at me and just be like, I'm sorry this happened to you. It just made me feel seen and not alone and that it wasn't my fault, you know? And I think just saying to someone, I'm really sorry that happened is so talking about how I, and, and that's all this is right now is I'm just grieving. I'm grieving a life that I could have had, had my dad not sexually abused me as much as, you know, as much as he did. Uh, I, I laughed the way I said that it was very casual. Um, but yeah, he stole my life. He, and I, I shared that with my cousin the other night, fearful that she was going to do the thing that a lot of people do, which is, you know, try and fix you. And I don't need to be fixed. I'm not broken. I don't need to be fixed. And, but you know what she said? She said, yeah, I get that. And I was like, really, you're not going to tell me that it's not too late. And she goes, no, what that man did to you took you 20 years to get grounded again. 20 years. That guy took 20 years of my life. And yes, I've done some awesome shit in the 20 years. I've had a wonderful life, but I didn't get to do a lot of, you know, I didn't get to have a lot of stuff that I, I, other people got to have who didn't have their dad violate them, you know? And I, I'm also, 
I am starting that long process of trying to find a good therapist. It's so hard to find a good therapist, man. And I don't. Why is it so hard to find a good therapist? You would think everyone who is in who's a therapist like wants. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why it's so hard. You just have to find somebody who is like specializes in trauma. And I've had therapists who I've tried to tell part of my story to, and they just don't have a poker face because my story is a little scary. And they're like, holy shit, what happened to you? And you're like, oh God, you're not supposed to say it like that. But, but I am, I am because I've realized in this new onion peel, that's not the right, (laughs) this onion peel. Um, that I have never really relied on anybody but myself. Like I've never, I've always been a, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this and, you know, rigid control. And I've, I've let the rigid control go a little bit um, in the last couple of years, which has been really freeing, but I've never, I don't know what it would look like to have a partner that I trust won't leave, won't abandon me, won't, won't abuse me, won't, you know, all this stuff. I don't know what that's like. Every boyfriend I've ever had, I I don't know. I just have no idea. I have no idea. And I'm, I'm grateful that I get to share these things with people. I'm grateful of the awareness. I'm grateful that I am grounded. I, it took me 20 years. Fuck. It took me 20 years. So, and that, that, that's, that's a, that's a thing to grieve. And yes, in those 20 years, I had a lot of really fun, awesome shit happen. A lot of really, you know, I've had a career and my career is still growing. And, but I often wonder where I would be had that not happened to me. You know what though? I don't think I'd be as funny. I probably wouldn't be as funny or as open. Um, I wouldn't be me. And so I am grateful for that, but I am grateful for the space to grieve what could have been the space to be angry at the person that took it away from me. And I am grateful to, to try again, you know, like get out there and try and date again and see if maybe I could not pick these losers, man. I just pick these unreliable losers and I know why, right? I pick them because they're unreliable. Like, it's like, well, I, if I know you're not reliable, then I don't have to rely on you. And I, and when you fuck up, I can be like, see, I, you know, like I, it, it, it enforces my narrative that I am alone and that I, I can't rely on anybody and I have to walk alone with this. Um, but I am, I don't know what that'll look like. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to go to Thailand in a couple of weeks, so maybe I'll come back a whole other person. I think I'm going to not do crawl space for two weeks while I'm in Thailand. Obviously I'm not going to do crawl space in Thailand, but I mean, like I was thinking about like, pre-recording a bunch, but I have decided that I am not going to, I think it's just going to be a two week crawl space hiatus because, um, well, that's, that's sort of my thought right now, but I'm not really sure. Uh, and then another thing that my cousin and I were talking about the other night, yeah, she just heard me and she just, she just validated me and just, yeah, she was like, of course you're angry. He, He took 20 years. 
He took a lot more than that. He took like 30, but like, you know, it took, it took till like the last couple of years for me to finally be like, all right, I'm safe. You know, it's just, I, I went to an Al-Anon meeting years ago. One of the most profound, oh, I just licked the microphone. Um, one of the most profound leads I had ever heard. She sits down at the mic and uh, she starts out with, if you're new here, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is the war is over. The bad news is you lost. And it, and like, it just, that's, that's it. The war is over. I don't, I don't live in that house anymore and I get to, you know, live differently. <sighs> then my cousin and I also talked about my mom and I, I, I've been having a lot of heart, you know, it's, it's hard to have a mother the way I do. And I miss my mom. I miss she like, unless you know her, you don't know what I'm talking about. But my mom had just this bright light to her, this wild, bright light, just like had a rough, rough life, rough, rough, rough hand dealt to her, not just marrying my dad, but like just a rough hand dealt to her. And, and my cousin said the most lovely thing. She just was like, you know what? You got the very best parts of Terry. Whew. Got the very best parts of that broad. And what a fucking gift. Um, and that's my one lucky broad, man. I'm one lucky broad. I'm one lucky broad that I have a cousin that is, that is like that, that is that close to me and that that hears me and we can talk about anything and we can cry and we can laugh, man. We laugh too. God, we laughed. She had a bat fly into her eye, swivel around. <laughs> this is a great story. She had a bat. One night we were talking and she called and she goes, Oh my God, a bat just flew into my eye, swiveled around and then ripped out my contact. <laughs> I was like, what? First of all, apparently there's just a shit ton of bats in fucking Portland. Well, that's what she said the other night we were talking about the bats and she was like, this is how this story came up again. She goes, oh yeah, we have these little bat feeders and like bat where the bats can like hang out. I'm like, what? Are there that many bats in Oregon? And she goes, there's tons of bats. We love them. And so she said when she called, so basically when you get a bat in your eye or get, you know, punctured by a, a wild animal, uh, you need to go to the hospital with uh, within like 72 hours or something like that in order to like avoid getting rabies. And if you don't, then you're dead, right? Like if you get the rabies and you miss the 72 hour window, you're dead. So she didn't realize that until day four of after the bad incident. So she calls her doctor and she's on the phone with like the, the assistant, right? And she's like, she's like, uh, I, I think, um, I need to come in, uh, uh, from my understanding, it might be too late, but I think I might have gotten rabies. I got I, a, a bat uh, f hit my eye. And and the woman was like, I, the woman, she's like, it was like a 15 minute conversation where the, the assistant thought she meant like a baseball bat. And she was like, well, you wouldn't get rabies from a bat. She's like, oh, I think I would. And the woman was like, why? Who, you know, who was around? And my cousin was like, no one. It was just me. And she goes, so you who hit you with the bat and my cousin's like the bat hit me with the bat what do you mean the bat hit me with it with itself and the woman was like but 
who was holding the bat? She's like, no one was holding the bat. The bat was on its own. <laughs> like she said, it was like a way too long of a conversation. And then the doctor finally comes on and he goes, I just had an interesting conversation. And he goes, we finally figured out that you meant the animal a bat. And she goes, yeah. And he goes, all right, well, I did some research and um, you were right. Uh, uh, you were right to call, but you're also right that if you do have rabies, it's too late and you're dead. But also only like one person in the last 99 years has died of rabies. And my cousin was like, that's not a true statistic at all. Like you literally just made that up. And he goes, well, I mean, even if not, there's nothing we can do. You're either dead or you're not. <laughs> like She's mine, obviously. But like, so we get to have these wonderful laughing conversations. It just... I used to look up to this broad so much as a child. I just, ah, I just looked up to her so much. And, and, uh, she's just so cool. She's so much cooler than I'll ever be. Just so fucking cool. She's so cool. Uh, I don't know if you guys will ever get to meet her. No one, you probably won't. Um, she also doesn't like to go to comedy shows. So you'll probably never meet her at one of my comedy shows. She says that she gets, she always gets called out by the comedians and she's convinced it's because she has very big teeth, teeth, um, big teeth. And I'm like, I don't think that's why, but maybe are you just showing the big teeth? She's like, well, I'm laughing. I don't know. So I'm one lucky rod that I get to have her in my life. And I get to have someone who hears me and validates me and doesn't dismiss. And I know that when people are like, it's not too late. And I don't think it is. Um, if, you know, if it's meant to be, it'll be, and I'm doing all, I, you know, I'm doing all the work I'm supposed to be doing, uh, in order to move forward and keep growing. And I believe I'm on the right path. Um, I'm terrified. I have no idea what's happening from day to day. And I cry all the time. So I think, and I also see angel numbers everywhere, if you know what that means. If you see like consecutive numbers, each one means something. Your angels are trying to tell you that. And I at first always thought that was kind of BS. But then the last few years, I've been really looking into it. And I don't know if it is. There, it's like a weird synchronicity. And I've been seeing 777-222 and 111 everywhere fucking wild man uh, five 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 and four 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 like pr and three three pretty much every one of the clock times that can be the consecutive numbers I randomly look at my clock to I, I don't know maybe I angel numbers I, I don't know there was a I'm on this Facebook group and this woman was trying to marry off her friend and in the same category, she was like, if you know anything about the Kardashians or you're into Zodiac woo-woo shit, need not apply. I was like, first of all, I know nothing of the Kardashians except for I have zero interest in learning anything about the Kardashians. And I think that they're pretty detrimental to our society, especially women. But and young girls, but I don't know anything about them personally at all. I don't care to, but so that's not, I like, I make moon water and I release my moon, you know, I release shit to the full moon and I do manifest it. Like I never in a million years did I think that I would be making moon water and then drinking it while I talk about the shit I want to manifest. But here we are, but you know what, man, it's, I like this path I'm on. I like this path I'm on, but it, it was, uh, uh, I don't remember what made me tell you all that. I don't remember why I told you all of that. Um, so here's the poop scoop. Are you ready for the poop scoop? Oh, man. 
So I, what, what launched me into wanting to tell you guys about uh, bartending pet peeves is I bartended at the nightclub I work at, some, that I used to work at before the world ended uh, this last weekend. Talk about outgrowing shit. I don't think I can, I don't think I can, I'm grateful for the money. And I don't know who will be listening to this, who's from there, but I, I just feel like I may have grown out of it. But one of uh, just working in an environment that would like that. I think I, I'm just beyond that now. Um, thank God. But uh, one of the nights, the bartender I was working next to got like shit housed drunk. Um, like, like it was, it was, it was, it was rough to work behind as around, especially since I was like one stone cold sober, but two, like I have like pretty crippling OCD and not in the way where people are like, I'm so OCD. Like I actually like, I like short circuit and shit. So like early in the night or later in the night, the manager was like, Oh my God, I literally watched your brain like skip a beat. Like I was like, yeah, like my brain short circuited cause she was so drunk and there was just shit everywhere. And I was just like, I can't, my brain is like, I think I'm going to have a fucking meltdown. Right. Um, so that's what made me want to do bartending pet peeves, but we'll get into that again, please. But she tells me the story. I think she tells me the story before she gets shit house. Cause it was early in the night and she goes, you want to hear a really embarrassing story? And I think she drinks like this a lot. I don't. So I am assuming this isn't a sober story. I assume it's not a sober story, but I am, who am I to judge? Right. Uh, I mean, I have, I was like, she was like, oh, you want to hear a good poop scoop? And, and I was like, girl, it took me 50 episodes before I ran out of my own embarrassing poop stories. So there's no, I'm not judging her. Don't get me wrong at all. This is fantastic. She said one night, you ready for this one night? Also, I have her permission to tell you the story. Um, one night she was at a man's house and they were sleeping in the middle of the night, you know, or they were sleeping. Right. And she woke up and she had to poop. She was like, I had to shit. And I, I, you know, it was really dark. I didn't really know where anything was. So I was like feeling around and I know you guys are like, Oh, she probably shit in the closet. Cause a lot of drunk people will like pee or poop in the closet or something or like in a drawer if they're too drunk. Right. Like that's a pretty common, like drunk sleepwalk, but no, she made it to the bathroom. She felt around, she found the toilet. She took a big shit, took a big shit, like a big drunk poop and then wiped put it down, flushed the toilet, went to bed. She woke up the next morning to the guy like shrieking, like what the fuck? And she comes in the bathroom and she thought the toilet seat was up and she pooped all over the toilet, like the closed toilet seat. I had questions. I was like, all right, well, why didn't, were, were you sitting? And she was like, well, no, I was squatting. Cause you know, like men have gross toilets. So I was like squatting. I didn't want to like touch his toilet seat cause they have gross toilets. So she's like, I didn't know the lid was still down. And I was like, you know, I, you know, I always want to know the consistency. I don't know why I always want to know the consistency. It's just, it's, I mean, if it was just like a log or if it was like blowed out diarrhea, that's a very different, right? Those are two very different imageries that you need, right? She says it was just like a big, long log, like a big long came out in one fill swoop. And then the best part is she wiped and put it on there on top of it. So it looks like she just put a little bit of toilet paper on top, like covered it up. And I was like, what did you do? She goes, I just left. I was like, you didn't say anything. She goes, no, I literally just grabbed my bag and walked out the front door. <laughs> I was like, 
what? She goes, well, I was dressed. So I just walked over, grabbed my shoes, grabbed my bag and just walked out the front door. And I'm like, you didn't say anything. She goes, what could I have said? I just love that. I love no, no, like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. She was just like, well, that's my cue and good night. So good. Oh, so good. All right, guys. Hopefully, speaking of poop scoop, pray that Henry poops tonight while I'm asleep. I'm going to try and let it go. The doctor is like, we got to bring him back in for my, for my, my picket back. My mom calls it her, her wallet, her picket back. I don't know what that means. Uh, but, uh, for my wallet, let's pray he poops because if he doesn't poop, it's going to be another who knows. Right. But also if he's not pooping his health too, I'm trying to keep it light because I'm terrified, but he's still, a, he's still a young adult boy and he's, and he's eating, he's not puking, but please pray that he poops. He's eating so much. How is he not shitting? I don't know. And then I also have a fear because I can't really smell anything. I can't smell anything at all, right? Uh, I go through bouts where I can smell everything, but most of the time I can't really smell anything. Um, thanks, COVID. Horrifying because I hear that's like a neurological thing. But uh, I'm terrified that maybe he found a new place in my apartment that he's just been like shitting. Like under the bed, there's just a pile of poop because it's it's weird. I mean, I know the do- from the from the x-rays, the doctor was like, yeah, there's literally nothing in his system. That's why he's not pooping. So the doctor's like, it's going to be like a freight train. Like it's just like the more he eats, the more it's going to push it down and the more he's going to poop. So the doctor doesn't seem super concerned. But today he did give me laxatives because he was like, oh, I probably had to move it along for him. Speaking of poop scoops. So let's all pray that Henry poops. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. If you, if you uh, have your own poop scoop story, or if you have some bartending stories, uh, please send them to me at kimcrawlspace at gmail.com. You can record them. You can type them out. You can say your name. You can tell me to be anonymous, whatever you want. Just please send them to me. I would love it. Uh, yeah. And if you want to buy my book and you haven't, it's Confessions of a Recovering Party Girl. We're coming up on a year. Isn't that wild? I might do a book giveaway. I'm terrified if I do a book giveaway, no one is going to want to enter. But I might do a I, I've been planning on doing a book giveaway with Michael Malone, who's a comic who wrote a book also in the pandemic. Um, a very funny, smart guy. So I may do one with him. Um, I, I don't know. TBD to be determined. Yes, that's right. Uh, if you want to join Patreon, you get re- early access to these episodes. Uh, you also get two bonus episodes a month. Uh, my sexual revolution, which I haven't recorded this month because I've been dealing with Henry's sickness. I will be recording that tonight. So this will come out tonight too with this early access. And then you get, oh, fine. We have a podcast. Me and Jeff may argue once a month about everything. And then we make up and it's, I'm told it's very entertaining and funny. Um, we're both usually kind of pissed off by the end of it, but then we love each other. We, we communicate. He's lovely. He's very funny. Uh, so if you want to become a Patreon supporter, I would love it if you're able to. Um, and then, you know, it starts at like three bucks a month. Or if you want to do a bunch of others, I feel like I'm selling you guys. But, uh, you know, the further you go on tiers, the more shit you get. But if you want to do three bucks a month, you get a little bit extra crawl space. And I would really appreciate the support. Uh, I think that's it. If you have a minute, please leave me a comment, a review, share this with someone. I would really appreciate it. Um, trying to grow this show. Uh, I think that is it, everybody. Please be safe. Be kind. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Crawl space, crawl space. I'm